welcome to a special, extra special emergency bonus podcast. And why they always call uh, special episodes like this emergencies, I don't know. Uh, typically, it's when there's some kind of breaking news of some sort. Breaking news. Yes. Uh, like uh, Trent Reznor decided to uh, become an airline pilot and uh, gave up the music business. But that's not what happened tonight. Um, we just wanted to do a quick follow up because we saw the Cold Black and Infinite tour this week. And we wanted to share some of our opinions in a quick discussion that we'll put on the internet and it's so quick that you may hear our family members in the background because we didn't get to do all the wrangling and shuttling that we typically do so please bear with us there there will be no checks mix being eaten uh, but there could be kids running through the kitchen living rooms or wherever we're happen to be recording yes um, to say that they're hungry and need more cheerios yeah uh and i was told i i, I wasn't told but my wife gave me the look where, like, you know, if I were to tell them to be quiet tonight, I would get yelled at. This is their time. <laughs> this is family time. We're encroaching on family time, which is typically what Nine Chanels would do back when we were kids. So it all comes full circle. Uh, Eric, uh, are you there? My family's there, yeah, my fa- yeah, I'm here, and my family's sleeping as all hell. So I'm good, man. I'm I'm yeah, I'm not even worried about them. <laughs> <laughs> so you got all your you got all your chores done today. You uh. Yeah. You wipe oh, yeah. all the windows down? Oh, yeah. I took care of it. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. The dishwasher's you empty. You were a few minutes late, which leads me to believe that Heather went through and did a walkthrough and found one finger smudge and made you do every window again, which is typically what happens. <laughs> oh, the life, my, my, my home life in, in your head, Steve, is, uh, is like the, it's like the first half of like a bad, like lifetime movie where, uh, you know, where the, where the, uh, oppressed spouse finally snaps. Or to tie it back to our drive to San Francisco, it's like Flowers in the Attic, of which Mark's <laughs> wife was discussing with me. <laughs> and we can start there. That was a uh, we we saw we went to the December third show in San Francisco, and um, it was a nice drive together, the three of us and Mark's wife. Uh, her first name is Jen. Right. Yeah. And which we, we hadn't done we hadn't done for a concert since I believe it was two thousand three or four where we went to a Halloween concert at Slim's for Primus. It it was at uh, Warfield. There you go. Warfield. And it was Primus playing Caesar cheese in its entirety. That's right. Yeah. So uh, when we went to this show at this time, there was only going to be the one San Francisco show. Um, but later, uh, after the physical presale that Steve bravely uh, went out there and got four tickets for us, um, they added a second show. And uh, we'll talk about that second show in comparison. We didn't see that second show, but we certainly saw the set list. Yeah, I was um, furiously- And we compared it to the one we got. We, as the show was going on, I was looking at the set list get updated and sending the gentleman text messages that were uh, not safe for print. Um, <laughs> yeah, the joke the joke was on those of us that went to that and got those physical tickets. If you ask me, uh, I had a great time. We'll talk about it in a second. But uh, the people that got access via the internet sale might have got more bang for their buck. And also when you factor in uh, the time on Thanksgiving when I thought I lost our, our, my ticket, um, that was incredible. And uh, Mark had to go dig through the trash looking for it. And uh, the day before the show, I also drove 90 minutes 
to give a friend his ticket that lives in the city because I didn't want him to get stressed out worrying about us driving to the show and he would have to miss Jesus and Mary Chain. We made it there just in time for Jesus and Mary Chain. Everything would have been fine. But what are you going to do? But uh, trying to hold on to those physical tickets for almost six months, that was uh, an excruciating experience for a dunderhead like me that loses everything. So <laughs> nice experiment, Trent. You don't need to do it again. Nobody needs to do it again. We're allowed to evolve. <laughs> I believe uh, if, you, if you go back and listen to our, not fragile, but was it the uh, with teeth episode? Is that where Mark uh, really gets to sink his teeth into his thoughts yes. on the ticket buying process? So yeah, so you can go back and listen to that. But we went and uh, had a blast. Um, and then, of course, uh, comparing uh, set lists uh, definitely stirred some emotions. But let's talk yeah, about the show. If you want to go back to the fact that Mark sunk his teeth into the With Teeth episode, they didn't sink their teeth into With Teeth at all, except for one bonus song of the show we saw. <laughs> well, let's 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 talk about our show. Let's talk about our show a little bit. Uh, so I have the set list in front of me. Yeah. Um, uh, we can start there if you'd like. Um, so they ended up playing 21 songs. Um, oh, and re- real quick. Jesus and Mary Chain was pretty good, but I get the point after like two songs. Yeah, they weren't terrible. Um, I mean, I was texting. I mean, even though we were standing right next to each other, um, we were texting each other because it was easier really to gotta, do that. You got to fucking admit that on the Internet in front of everyone. <laughs> it was easier to do that than shouting in each other's ears. So, you well, know what? Here, here, here's what I would say is uh i would say they're better than terrible they're, they're i think they're a really good band they sound oh no good. don't get it they're great i'm just they're so old i don't care about opening bands anymore yeah yeah they sound a good live um and they really they really are a small club show, like band like even though they're much bigger than that like that's what they are like they're they're a bunch of guys with their heads down the whole time playing shoegazy like uh noise rock and it's it's fantastic. I think it's very good, but it's not necessarily like in a uh, a premier like exposition band. They're, that's not what they are. And, yeah, no, um, definitely. If I were ten years younger, and the tickets were half the price, I would have paid just to see them. Yeah, but that, neither yeah. of those things are the situation. Right. So, uh, yeah, Jesus and Mary Chain were fine, uh, but I texted them that it sounds like. Uh, at some points, and I know I'm going to get like tomatoes thrown at me over the internet if anyone cares, but it was like the cure covering melt with you. Um, just with slightlier noisier feedback. Um, and I do see the, the comparison between the new band black rebel motorcycle club. I was absolutely seeing like, yeah, they're very influenced by this band. Um, and Stephen also mentioned that Jesus and Mary Chain were like the British version of the Melvins. Um, a lot of that I had to do with, with the guitar player's haircut, but yes. Absolutely. Um, so the breakdown, this is what we got. We got four songs from Broken, four songs from The Downward Spiral, three covers, two songs from Not the Actual Events, two songs from Pretty Hate Machine, two songs from Year Zero, one from Ad Violence, one from the Natural Born Killers soundtrack, one from The Slip, and one from With Teeth. Uh, and I have to say that if we didn't have – this is kind of the curse of modern technology because if we didn't know about all the other set lists from all the other shows, we would have thought that was the best set list we've ever seen. I would have still been disappointed by the lack of The Fragile. A bit, yeah. But um, – Of which The Fragile – 
the the one cool thing they did for the Fragiles that the only time it made an appearance was the frail was mixed into the David Bowie tribute, which it was in, which went into the outside world, backwards world, backwards world, uh, the background world, background world, which I don't know yeah. the name, but I love that song, so I liked that. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. nothing, no appearances from that at all. Besides that, yeah. So, um, so they opened with Mr. Self Destruct. Um, then they played Last, Letting You, Sin, Piggy, Me I'm Not, Burn, Dear World, Closer with the only time in that uh, interpolation, you know, where scraped off his knees. They've been yeah. doing that for years now. Sure. Um, help Me I'm I, in Hell. Which I, you know, keep going. Go through the rest uh, of it. Yeah. Happiness and Slavery. Uh, then he gets into uh David Bowie tribute area uh, where he does a cover of I Can't Give Everything Away uh, and then Subterraneans. And he even breaks out in lyrics for God Break Down the Door because Subterraneans has a saxophone. Um, so he kind of meshes the two, but he doesn't they don't play God Break Down no, the Door. Not tonight. Not that. Yep. Night. Um, and then they go into uh, what Steve was talking about, where uh, at the end of that piece, um, there's the frail. And I always, I thought they were going to launch right into the wretched, but they go into the background world. Fool me twice, because last time I saw them, they did the same thing, but then they went into the re- into reptile. Yeah. It throws, it throws yeah, you yeah. for a loop when you don't hear the, the wretched following up that song. Definitely. Um, and then the Great Destroyer, uh, Burning Bright, or Field on Fire, whichever. Yep. Um, wish head like a hole. And so that ends the set and then they come back for an encore, um, where they start the encore with the, uh, B side from, uh, with teeth, which not is even, home. Yeah. Not even B side deleted and only on the Japanese release. Yep. Um, it can only be played in Japan. Then they covered, uh, dead souls from joy division, also from the crow soundtrack. And then they closed out the show with hurt. So and, that's, a, that's a great sell. That it. buried. Yeah, it's all over the board. I mean, it was a good show. Um, I mean, my thoughts after when I left, I was like, um, it left me wanting more rather than making me feel satisfied. Can I, I, can, I, I uh, can I make a proposition for where or like where our review goes now? I know we're trying to keep this short. Can we just go through? Can we can we end on a positive? Can we go through our negatives first and kind of end on what we thought was good about it? Okay, that, yeah, that, here's, let's, let's do this. First, let's talk about the set list from night two. We don't need to go through the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I figured that would that would be fo- that would fold into our negatives. <laughs> okay. First, yeah. let's start with the set list from the, the, the our opinion of the disparity of the set list, and then we'll talk about uh, particular song opinions that are kind of negative for night yeah. night night we saw. Then we'll end on a high note. We can do All that. Right. All right. All right. Um, I'll start. <clears throat> Excuse me. Looking at the set list from night two. I felt like that would have been an out-of-body experience because that's the one that had all those songs I never thought I would see live. Like your Perfect Drugs your and All That Could Have Been. Mainly those two. Also, I've never heard copy of a live before, and I love that song. So I just, uh, looking at it overall, I just feel like Night 2 had some more deeper of the deep cuts. Maybe my the deep cuts I like better, I guess. That, that was pretty much it. That was my main gripe. Seeing that the perfect drug was played live everywhere except for when we saw them. I don't mean to catch me. That's just it's I thought we were gonna get to the fireworks factory and we drove really close to it, but we didn't get there. So Yeah, um I, I agree with that. I mean looking at the uh 
so night two, they played mostly from the downward spiral, had four songs, add violence with three songs, bad witch had three songs. And again, bad witch did not have one full song for our show. Uh, broken had two with teeth had two and all that could have been, uh, uh, from the live, they played all and all that could have been, which would have been amazing to see live. Um, they played that one. They played one song from hesitation marks. Again, we didn't get anything from hesitation marks. They played perfect drug, uh, from lost highway. Fuck. They played Steven Chambers favorite song off with teeth and all the love in the world. And, uh, and hand that feeds. Yep. Both the, yeah. Hand that feeds. I heard it a thousand times, but I wouldn't mind hearing it a thousand and one. It's great live. Definitely. Um, I love that song live. It's so good. Um, one song from pretty hate machine, uh, which was just head like a hole. So we did get sin, but, uh, all things considered, I would have actually liked, uh, to hear something from bad witch. And I would have liked to hear, um, obviously something from the fragile and hesitation marks. Um, and then the f- only fragile song that they played uh, was even deeper. And that was during the encore. Yeah. You know, I don't mind missing that particular song too much, but it's the principle of the thing. Right. Right. <laughs> Respect the fragile of which they've done at other dates where they played four or five songs. Actually, yeah. when my buddy, uh, Andrew listener of the show saw them in New York, he thought they were playing the entirety of the first disc of the fragile until about six songs deep. It's true. They played, they went uh, on one of, on some of those shows that I've seen, they do the first four tracks of the fragile. They stop at we're in this together. They don't do we're in this together, but yeah, I could understand like start with somewhat damaged. Then they go into day. The world went away. Then you get the frail, then you get the wretched. You're thinking, okay, they're going to do the entire left. You know, I totally get it. Yeah. Oh man. They're totally going to play. We're in this together in LA and we're all going to just yell. A, a fu- all of our heads are going to explode at the same exact fucking moment. Yeah. Yeah, they'll play it there. I feel that they will. I'd be happy if they did just because they did it. I wouldn't be jealous. A little jealous. (laughs) A little bit. Uh, Eric, your your opinion overall of the disparity between the set lists? Oh, yeah. No, I I, I mean, I'm with you guys. Like, uh, and honestly, I would have liked to have seen some Fragile. I didn't go. I didn't get to go to the Fragile tour, Fragility. Um, I've seen some of it during the With Teeth era, but I would have loved to have seen this band play some Fragile songs. Honestly, this is one of the best uh, live bands I've seen for Nine Inch Nails. Um, it's just like, they just boiled down like the best of the best that, he, that they played with. Uh, Ivan, the drummer, is fucking insane. Like, he can do the fast shit. He can do the big shit. Um, he's, he was great. I would have loved to have seen some Fragile songs, so I was, I was bummed that I did not get to see any. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll get to that in my positives, but the band yeah. was uh, as tight as a drum. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and I'm I'm looking at the very first time I saw Nine Inch Nails, which was in Arizona, and um, I've realized that I've seen Burn every single time they've played. So that's not really a deep cut. Like they play that that song a lot. I've seen it every time. This was the best it's ever sounded. Um, but uh, I could have gone without that. Um. And I really would have liked to have seen Hand That Feeds. That's a great live song. Uh, so, I mean, I get that. And then Perfect Drug, that was a disappointment. I, I was hoping for them to go into it, and it didn't happen. So um, I do get that disappointment. Absolutely. <clears throat> so uh, I, I do see that uh, with you guys. I do have a lot of positives, though. I'm not dwelling oh, on it too Yeah, much. we'll get to the positives in a second. Let's, 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 let's get all our negative Nellies out. Yeah. My only other, on a song-by-song basis a few things 
I never need to hear Piggy again, even though I love that song. Oh, I just don't need to hear it again. You know what I was going to say? I I actually think this is the first time I've seen uh, real Piggy live. I've only ever seen that that first show I went to. They actually play the Rick Rubin remix version, the Nothing Can Stop Me Now live. So that's the one I've seen. That Interesting. Was, I'm yeah. pretty sure I've seen it every time. And we've seen them, but I, oh, I thought they played it when we saw them. The yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Uh this time I remember is the only time I, I significantly remember it. It sounded good, but yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And um, I mean, as I've said before, I held Trent Reznor's hand during the the second time I saw them when he played Piggy. So right. never yeah. going to top that as a 19 year old. And, and I would say like, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more from the three EPs, especially bad witch. That was a bummer. They didn't play anything from that. Um, and they did play some Year Zero songs. Um, not my favorite Year Zero songs, but I was it was a pleasant surprise to see some Year Zero in there. The Good Soldier is good. The Great Destroyer. The only reason I wanted to even... It, I, I got the... They didn't I play, the, they didn't play the, good, the Good Soldier. They played Me, I'm Not. You are... Mark, keep us honest here. Yeah, they didn't play... They, the good, dude, I would have lost my shit if they played The Good Soldier. They played they Me, didn't play not. Good Soldier. They played Me, I'm Not, and uh, Great Destroyer yeah. from Year Zero. They play in my, yeah, you're probably... You, you guys are right. Um, yeah, and The Great Destroyer, the highlight of that was just I got to shake Mark when they did the Zelda part, but that was about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't need to hear the rest of the song. Yep. Uh, something else they always do, I am tired of how they rush through Closer. Either play Closer the way it's supposed to be played, or you give it... You take six minutes in the end is totally epic or don't bother. We don't need to hear it. Like we know you're playing it just to say you played it. You don't need to do it anymore. Don't rush through it. You don't like if the, you, uh, you don't song, like the uh, only time uh, breakdown in the middle. No, I like that. But the end of that song is like three minutes of awesomeness on it's the true. record. That's true. When they do it live. They just rush through it. And I mean, I don't get the point. It defeats the purpose of the song for me. That's true. I agree with what the, I, I mean, that is one of the songs that, uh, like what you were saying about Piggy, I don't need to see closer, um, yeah. live anymore. I, 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 enjoy, I love watching them play head like a hole though. I love yeah. it. Oh, but that's closer. Like yeah. I get kind of bored with that yeah, one. I really you do. Know, I love the song, but I just not, don't need to see it live anymore. Not to pull and, this out again, but I just have this in front of me, but the, the first time I saw them, they didn't play closer. They played closer to God. And that was rad. Sure. Good. Good. <laughs> they should have pulled that one out just yeah. for shits and giggles. Yeah. Why not? It sounded great live. Yeah. And uh, also, I home homes. No one needs to hear that live. And I'm even on our on our episode where we talked about the studio version. I was the defender of that song. I don't need to hear it live. Right. It's a weird choice. It's not a great song. The drums are really cool. Maybe mm-hmm. Ivan likes playing it because the drums are like. But they never stop with the toms. But uh, I don't. Yeah, it's not a great song. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, if they wanted to do a deep cut from uh, with teeth and not play any of the proper songs, I would have done like "Not So Pretty Now" oh, or yeah. "Non-Entity." I would have lost my marbles. Yeah, "Not yeah. So Pretty Now" would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All so right. I don't know. Any any other complaints in particular, either of you? Not really. I mean, uh, the show itself, like uh, in, in terms of the negatives, yes, I don't need to see Burn. I don't need to see Closer uh, live. Um, I don't really think that The Great Destroyer, like it has its really cool moments. But then at the end, when it turned into a fax machine for it seemed like five minutes, um, I w- kind of got a little tired of it a little bit. Um, 
hearing it live, but uh, whatever, you know, it's uh, it's not a huge detractor. It was just one of those things like couldn't have done anything else, huh? <laughs> yeah, and also uh, I didn't they didn't they didn't play less than which I've seen live before, but I love I'd love to hear it again. Great live song, uh, the lovers. I don't think I've ever seen that live before. I would have liked that. That was nice. No. And no. did they play a? Did they play? Uh, the meaning of you. What's that song? Uh, the idea of you. Did they play they, that night? No, they didn't play that in night okay. two. Good, good yeah. for them because I love that song. That song. I've heard that. I saw that at the aftershock festival as well. That song. It is great live. All right, that's all the negatives. Let's get to the positives. Yeah. Okay. If if I'm not going to hear all those deep cuts I want to hear, and they didn't play "Gave Up," that sucks. At least they played a bunch of songs off "Broken," which is all translate awesomely live. Yes. Yeah. Getting a big chunk of broken was a gift. Oh yeah. I mean, I was going to say like, like uh, seeing last live, I know it's not a super rare song for them anymore, but just seeing that live was something I've never seen before. And something I won't forget. Like that makes up for a lot. That was great. That, that song fucking kills live and they, they did a great job. I mean, they weren't rusty at all. It sounded awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I really did enjoy them opening up with Mr. Self-Destruct. I'm not huge on that song, but uh, just seeing it live, it was new for me, yeah, at least. Same here. I don't think I've ever seen it live before, so I, that was fun. I have not yeah. seen, I think, I've seen that one live, and it was awesome. That was a good opener. I think it's better live than on the studio record, believe it or not. I think the rawness of it translates well live. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we'll talk about later... The remixes of that song have made me realize how much crazy guitar work happens in that song that's not really apparent, but it comes out more live. So anyways, it's, yeah. a, good, it's a good song for guitar. Yeah. Robin Fink. Uh, Robin Fink was killing it. All the new material they played was great. Um, Fields on Fire. Oh. Fields on Fire is wonderful live. And it was just the building was full of red lights and fog. That was yeah. awesome. Uh, in general the fog and the lighting was great um also what's that weird ass song that has like the robot voice with robin fink dear world i think yeah i think that's great that was was really yeah and i i feel like i feel like trent did that on the album but it's cool they let they 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 passed the mic to robin to to do that one live give him a little something to do yeah um uh, in particular one I, I I'm I'm having, I'm blanking here, but and the only the, the biggest it's ridiculous, but the biggest standout for me uh, was for whatever reason I've heard it a billion times, but head like a whole live is almost always like a religious experience. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it is. And and this time they added that light show that was insane. <laughs> it was that was crazy. Yeah, I'm look- kind of whenever a band has so much lights that you can turn around and see everybody in the auditorium. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was. I would say that uh, seeing Sin live was great. Uh, they play uh, Sin translates really well, even though they've moved into a more rock territory than where they started. And um, this just got my energy up when they played that. It was it was fantastic. Um, I love that. Uh, and their cover of Dead Souls really is one of my favorite B sides. So that being in the encore, I think was fantastic. I thought that was really good. And they, and it, it's, you know, they played it, they, they did it justice. They played it long, you know, it, 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 it was fantastic. Um, 
Yeah, like I said, oh, you know what? And I, it's not my favorite song on Year Zero, but when they played Great Destroyer Live, they all got on a synthesizer. Even Robin Fink was on a synthesizer. Uh, and they just went into that, as you were saying, the bleeps and bloops period. I actually like that. They went into this like improvisational synthesizer jam session, which is basically how they made the album. And it was cool to see it live. So I was very much okay with that. I thought that was a really cool part. It was a it was a very it was a window into a very, very small era of Nine Inch Nails. Uh and how they made music back then, and I and I was very okay with that. So Yeah. Anyways, I, I thought that was very cool. Um another cool thing that I thought was the uh the little tribute to David Bowie. Yes. Um when that he, was special. That was special. It was pretty neat because um you I always have read about how much David Bowie means to Trent Reznor and uh he monologued a little bit about how, you know, uh, he was more than just a, a mentor. He was a personal friend. And um, there's a really good, uh, for those Nine Inch Nails fans, um, seek it out. There's this really long post on Reddit uh, where there was a fellow concert goer who was there at the same show, uh, kind of talks about how he feels that David Bowie has passed the the torch to, uh, to Trent Reznor in that spe- sense. Um, but as he was talking about, you know, we're going to do some David Bowie covers cause he was a personal hero. I'm sure there was a certain percentage of the crowd that thought that they would do be getting like a cover of, um, some of David Bowie's more well-known songs. Uh, but instead it was one off of black star. I can't get every, uh, give everything away. And, uh, Trent's perf- uh, vocal performance was, um, unbelievable. And, yeah. um, then they go into one of the, ambient um uh i think it's from low it am i low. wrong it, it, okay it is from low yeah uh, and subterraneans yeah. and it was uh, a cool little jam that you know trent brings out the saxophone and um it was just a really cool moment it, right. on every nine inch nail show and this also was right after they had played happiness and slavery which is a pretty large onslaught yeah the times that I've seen Nine Inch Nails, they always have this section of the show, and it usually comes in the middle, um, right after like a moment of just absolute chaos um, and dissonance, where they really bring things back down. Yeah, oh, um, totally. totally. And then they slowly ramp them back up. Um, and so that was this moment of the show. Looking at night two, I don't know if exactly they had that same formula though, because in the middle, did they play, I'm afraid of, Amer- of Americans on night two. They did not. I would have yeah loved to have seen that. There was that no David cool. Bowie um, stuff in night two, um, but kind of in that same where uh, they break into David Bowie on night the night that we went, which was around like the twelfth song they played. Um, so then, if you look at night two that's where they start to go into God break down the door. And then they follow that up with copy of a, um, mm. and right before then they play ahead of ourselves and shit mirror and the perfect drug. So, and before the perfect drug, they played reptile. So it, I mean, it doesn't seem that there was that moment yeah, of like, let's bring really, things back yeah. down to earth. Everything just seemed to be like, let's go, 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 go. Yeah. You know? And I would say that the David Bowie songs he chose me exactly what you said, not have been everybody's expectation, but they were very deliberate. Uh, the version of um, I can't give everything away isn't it, it is definitely like a tweak on it. And it's made to fit in the, in the pastiche of subterraneans where it's like that, that washed out Eno synth. 
Um, and uh, I love it. I mean, that, I, that's some of my favorite Bowie era. So like, I was very happy and it, you're right. It wasn't, it was definitely like a chill moment. It wasn't necessarily as engaging as, 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 as some Nine Inch Nails songs, but it was a really cool moment. The lights got really cool and it was sweet. The, light, the like, lighting was, during uh, that. Uh, the, it was a, it was a heart, it was a heart on the sleeve moment. And it was, it, I thought it was very special and I wouldn't have traded that for anything. During I can't give everything away. It goes really well with like the twinkling sound of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, by I mean, by the way, we probably said this in the show before, but I, I don't know that the greatest, the, the David Bowie's greatest magic trick out of hundreds of them was like dying well, and then putting out like the best out uh, an album that is you know it's in his top ten, yeah, maybe top five, yeah, definitely. Uh, Black Star is a fucking is a, 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 a triumph. Oh yeah, oh yeah, so good. But I digress. And uh, I, 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 I know you guys. As we were walking home, you you both said you could have got done without happiness and slavery. I loved, I loved seeing that live. That's that song to me is industrial, just straight up like it, it uh, just just hard, cold industrial. <laughs> I like seeing it live. I just, I would have, you know, it, it's you start playing that game of like oh, instead of these five songs, I would have rather heard these five songs. Doesn't mean I didn't want to hear those five songs. But I rather would have heard five others. Sure, sure. I hear you. I hear you. It was a fun. It was a fun moment for me. And so, but this is the one I'm being selfish on. <laughs> when they started playing "Letting You," I looked at Mark and I was like, "Oh, I remember saying on the podcast if they play this live, I'm going to punch somebody." <laughs> but I didn't punch anybody. I was excited <laughs> to hear it because Ivan's drums on that song were fucking amazing. But it's, I agree, it's not one of their best songs. But uh, and it was a it was a strange choice off. Off of the slip. Yeah, I'd but, rather uh, hear a, a head down. Or, head down or uh, hell. You know, it's funny that they've not pulled out discipline whatsoever on this tour. You know? Oh, yeah, that would have been cool. Song. That's a good live song. Or they could have played, played Demon Seed for the first time. That sure. Yeah. While we're dreaming. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. overall, great show. I, I'm glad we all did it together. And also, um, it reminded me that Robin Fink is the. Uh, the, the secret weapon and the heart and soul of that band sometimes uh, for the live band. I 100% agree as much as I yeah, love Darren North, but like, think I of, think, think of some of the, the standout moments of head like a hole or sin live. It's because of him. Yeah. Um, he just, he really knows how to do little, little bridges and breakdowns and, and vocal backups that uh, just slide right in there and are memorable. And I would say like guitar for nine inch nails is almost a thankless job because the way it's recorded is it's a texture more times than not, even when it's like a big heavy chorus or something in a chord progression, it's still just compressed to hell almost doesn't sound like a guitar anymore. So when you have to play it live, it's not super flashy. Um, and, and the fact that he can kind of own that and make it his own and, but still like not have to be flashy, I think is awesome. He's yeah. He's one of my favorites. But reason. you could also tell that he's got the chops to be flashy if he needs to. Oh, exactly. Well, I, shit, he played with Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Do that. Um, also, yeah, back to the um, – I always mispronounce the name. How do you pronounce uh, Ian, Ian Rubin? How do you pronounce the drummer? I think it's Illin. Oh, Illin. It's Illin. 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 Yeah, Illin. it's Illin. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And even – that's one thing I do like that in Piggy, during the great drum outro, he managed to change it and do his, put his own spin on it. It's a little slower, but it sounds heavier. It's more John Bonham-esque. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's mm-hmm. fun to watch. He's great. 
Uh, he did you notice he never stopped? And even on his break songs, he picked up a cello and started playing cello. Yeah, so that, I, I caught that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Some songs he had a synth and some songs he had a cello. That guy's a genius, yeah. yeah. That, was, that, he, that was cool on Great Destroyer, how they all had synths also. And I, I believe I saw Mr. Cortini on this, the Swarmatron. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Okay, very like cool. The Swarmatron up there. At least that's what my imagination went to. But yeah, I think I think I saw him on that. On what Every, song? Everybody on the, everybody in that band is a as a multi instrumentalist, yeah. except for um, Atticus Ross, and I'm I'm sure he is too. He just doesn't do it live. Right. But, uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Every, everybody did, did their, uh, Everybody picks up this thing and that thing and, and contributes in different ways. It's it's fun to watch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. That was a that was a great show. That was a would not have had. It. We don't have had it either way. We, you know, hindsight is is what it is. But this day and age, I can only be mad at so many things. And going to see a good thing in my life, like Nine Inch Nails, with good people in my life, it's hard yeah, to that's be, definitely we're not. Yeah, we're not mad, mad at all. It's hard to be mad. It, at that. it was more almost too in like the Ziggy comic that is my life. I thought it was hilarious that I looked at that set second set list and was like, of course they played these songs, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Trent was thinking in his head that he was giving the better set list to the ones that waited in line. And just that's maybe that's what he thinks the better set list is. Every, yeah, every, you know, it's like I've said in the show before that every, you know, whenever a comic character dies, it always ends up being somebody's favorite. Some people love D man. Some people, <laughs> some people love letting you just, you know, whatever. So the last thing I want to say is, um, I, I do think that, yeah, you're right that social media has kind of ruined us in terms of being able to compare it. But looking at this set list and if we were uh, the whole idea of going on tour is to promote your latest release. I mean, traditionally, that's what it is. Sure. Um, this one, this whole tour feels different in the sense that, no, we're not just out here to promote a record. We're out here to just play music. Um because looking at the face of it, they didn't play anything off of their latest release. So it can't really be a promotional uh, accompaniment to their physical release. I just think it's interesting the way that they're uh, attacking this, this, this tour on, on crafting their set lists and not making it seem like here's a bunch of our, some of our new tunes and some of our old favorites. It's right. basically like, let's just, go ahead and put everything in the, the random generator and we'll see what we're going to play tonight. You know, right. it's, it's, it's funny. Uh, well, I'm sure when you're a band that has that many songs and also this day and age, it's not like promoting the new release gets you much more money made, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you're what it's going to get you some more streams. doesn't make much of a difference. Sure. Um, and when you have hundreds of hours of music to dive into, why would you limit yourself to just, 12 songs off a new, off a new record with a couple of other hits. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, and also this, uh, as great as the lighting was, this, uh, tour felt a lot less theatrical. Um, in the past, uh, versions that I've seen nine inch nails play live, there's certainly, um, more, uh, video, visual effects. Yeah, like yeah video, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that video obviously needs to be set to a certain time frame of what songs they're going to play. So pretty much every night they're they're playing the same thing over and over in order to match what visually they're 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 presenting. Well, that's a great point. That's a that's super great point. 
this definitely frees them up to be more, you know, I'm, I don't think that they they make it up as they go along each night, but they, they, they don't have to, to, they, it doesn't break the visual effects of all the videos you're not seeing because they right. decide tonight we're not going to play these five songs that all have to like lead into each other. That's, That's very, right. That's very right. astute observation, young man. <laughs> the lighting though, my God, the lighting was great. The lighting was, was great. Awesome. And I'm sure that, you know, Trent Reznor before the show works it out with his crew and says, here's the set list. And here's what, uh, here's the, the feeling that I want to invoke um, yes. rather than having like a snake and, all the the video visuals that we got with like hurt for example you nothing know? wrong with snakes but yeah yeah no but yeah i think in some interviews he did say he was like you know we have the slideshow but you know it's not the point of the show the point of the show is mu- the music he's getting old though yeah i mean he doesn't look like a grandpa but he looks like a middle-aged man now right. yeah right. uh one thing he does though that I've, i finally put my finger on it i think he's done it for years maybe decades I love when he's playing guitar, when he stops and he lets Robin take over and he's holding the pick in his, his right hand and he puts his hand up to the crowd. He does that move for a lot of songs. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I love that. I love that. If I have a po- if I were to go back and be a teen and have a poster of him, it would be of that, that pose. You know, poster of that. <laughs> yeah. You betcha. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, final thoughts uh, out of nine nails. Um, what did you give this show, Stephen? I'd give it eight. Uh, yeah. The only thing that made it not be nine was the set list, but it was still a stellar performance. Yeah, I, I'd give it eight. The only reason is that I wouldn't give it nine. I mean, they played like a nine out of nine band. The only reason I'm not giving it nine is because in my head I can come up with a perfect set list, and some of those songs weren't on there, so there's that gap. But yeah, I mean, they they were playing nine out of nine, and every song made me happy. So yeah, they were just. If they didn't play home and they stuck something else in there, it might've pushed it into at least an 8.5. Yeah. What about you, Mark? Um, I would probably second the eight. Uh, I, there was, it, like I had mentioned at the top, it was, it left me wanting more rather than left me feeling like, hell yeah. I mean, I haven't seen him for, I think like three years now, two or three years. And that just left me wanting them to be like, oh man, that really could have been something extra special. Uh, just as, as we were leading up into going to see them and seeing what they were performing, uh, I guess it was also getting my expectations at a fever pitch. And maybe there was a little bit of a letdown not being able to experience what some other crowds in some other cities were doing. But all in all, I mean, um, seeing Nine Inch Nails live is always special. Um, it's just I felt like I missed out a little bit on what others got to enjoy. So an eight. Yeah, and, and uh, it was extra special to see with you guys. Not to be too sad. Oh yeah, no that that made it. You you know you are the company you keep, and when you can do something fun like that with special friends, it's always makes it that much better. And uh, we met in passing, friend of the show, listener of the show, Paul Brennan. Oh yeah, was, Paul uh, Brennan. Yeah, yep, listener. That was that was nice to shake his hand. Nice to meet you. And uh, yeah, I I think that they're definitely probably got about five years tops left in the the touring entity of this band. So, uh, I, 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 I'm going to be sure to see them every time they come through. Absolutely. Can't keep this shit up forever. No. Uh, I think at this point I'm, I'm pretty much destined to buy a ticket every time they come through. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there's a state of the art arena in Sacramento called golden one. (laughs) 
uh, Trent, if you're listening, give come, it a shot. Yeah, come on down. I think uh, your buddy Maynard James Keenan, he, he came by, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Played there. Let's, let's do, you can do less, less tour dates with bigger crowds in one place. All those people that came to the two nights in San Francisco, they will all be there for one night in Sacramento. Trust us. That's true. Yes. <laughs> all right. I will talk to you guys later. All right. All right. Thanks Bye, again friend. for listening, folks. Uh, we'll see you next time. That's right.